You are listening to the Ice House Podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry leading minds. Kia ora everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Ice House Podcast. And today I have Jeff Burke with me. He is an owner-manager program of 47 alumni and the managing director of Energy Works. So really looking forward to hearing his story and um, how he found the program and what his career journey has looked like as well. So thanks heaps, Jeff, for being on the podcast. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for the invite. No worries. Very cool. And am I right in thinking you're based in Taranaki? Yes, yes, we've got uh, HQ in New Plymouth here, so um, yeah, we do, do a fair bit of work outside of the region, but that's uh, HQ for the for the time being. Awesome, very, very cool. Well, I'd like to start off with quite an open question, just to get to know you a little bit, and that's, tell us a bit about yourself, what are you passionate about? Yeah, cool, so um, I guess a bit about myself, I'm, uh, I'm a Taranaki local, I grew up um, on a farm here. Went to school, boarding school in New Plymouth, um, and then went away for, for 10 or 12 years, got uh, an engineering degree from, from Canterbury Engineering and um, partly over in University of British Columbia in Vancouver as well. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty keen on travel. I was fairly fortunate that mum and dad instilled that into us kids uh, from a young age. We were fortunate to do a fair bit of travel, so yeah, heading away even between high school and uni, did a gap year to the UK, um, obviously a bit of time doing the tertiary education overseas, and then, yeah, then went back to the UK to work for four years as well, so um, got a fair bit of, bit of the travel bug sorted early on, um, cool. but then the home called, and uh, my wife-to-be and I came back from the UK um, in 2011, I've been back in New, Pl- uh, New Plymouth ever since. Awesome, very cool. Where was the last trip that you guys went on? <laughs> uh, I guess, well, now that I've, yeah, generation ahead now, um, got my own little tribe of kids. So we uh, we just went camping down to a local beach over the summer, which was pretty cool. So Beauty. Yeah, at that age where the kids kind of enjoy getting out in the, in the campsites, which was, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool to hear. Mm. And to give us sort of a bit of perspective on your work week, you know, your work day, what does a day in the life of Jeff look like? Yeah, pretty dynamic, I guess, like most business leaders. It's not mm. very scripted to a point. Um, but I guess it's just a bit of a balance between working in the here and now uh, and of the business, you know, what are the key priorities in the sort of one day to three week time horizon versus, uh, you know, looking at that more six months to 24 months ahead time horizon and splitting your time accordingly between that. Um, probably more heavily weighted towards that shorter time period at the moment um but and then also obviously investing in yourself you know making sure you've got some time to do the things that you're passionate about doing um on any given day as as well as giving back to the family as well so you've got four young kids um my wife and i so there's a fair bit of running around and sports and events and dancing and all that sort of stuff <laughs> that fills up the fills up the afternoon so i normally get a phone call from Michelle at about 4 or 4.30 telling me where I'm going and who I need to pick up and what I need to do on my way home from work. That's it's all part of it. It's a pretty yeah, pretty busy life at the moment, but it's um, very fulfilling as well. Awesome. Oh, cool to hear. It's busy, but really fulfilling. Um, mm. And yeah, lots going on in and outside of the work, which is cool to hear. Um, sort of following from that, I guess, what is that sense of pur- purpose in life, that personal sense of purpose for you? Yeah, it's a good question, um, and I don't think you know that necessarily uh, on the outset of your professional career. It takes time to understand what that 
what that question really means and what the answer to it is. Um, I think I, you know, I really don't like letting people down. That's been instilled in me from mum and dad. So if I make a commitment to do something, um, you know, I really, really want to follow through to, to deliver on that. And I think that's a key kind of message within the business here is if we make a commitment, we follow through. Um, and, you know, that slowly builds credibility by doing that over and over again. Um, you know, personally, I really like seeing capacity growth in individuals. So having been on this course myself and, you know, getting the, I guess, the positive outcomes I got out of it, we've, you know, we've put a lot of our team through the leadership development program or the emerging leaders program as well. So you sort of start to sing off the same hymn sheet, I guess, when, you know, a key part of your management team have all sort of been to that same training. Um, I think, you know, for me personally, I'm driven by, I guess I've got three sort of pillars to allow me to be the best I can be at work and the best I can be at home, which is, you know, pretty simple stuff. It's really sleep, nutrition and exercise. If I get those three things about right, then I know I can um I can personally be in the best headspace to to help and lead others. So mm. what I ultimately try and wrap that up in is um is one little saying which is um try and create more value than you take. And I think that that stands very true, whether it's just at home or in your community or at work. If if you're taking more value than you create, then you're starting to erode value and you know, that's going to come and unravel itself pretty quickly. Whereas if you create more value than you take, then you're creating a sustainable, um, I guess, model that's got some longevity about it. So, yeah, you know, you can you can read into that what you will, but I think that's you know a couple of a couple of cheap words that actually mean a hell of a lot to me and try and anchor against that for a lot of the things that I do. Mm, oh, there's some real gold in that. Did it take quite like was it quite a journey to work that out for you, especially those pillars in terms of actually I need sleep, nutrition, exercise to function as a human being, as a dad, as a oh totally yeah, yeah 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 I mean say for the um you know for all of my twenties I was without really knowing it I was just investing in my own capability um you know I wasn't looking to buy into a business those opportunities I guess present themselves as you grow um and and convince others that you're a trustworthy individual and have got mm. some value to add. So yeah, as you get into your 30s and nearing your 40s, I think some of those bigger picture questions start playing in your mind, you know, particularly when you've got young kids and you slowly start to define what you're about and what's important and and how you can, you know, be a contributing part of of a community, whether that is a business community or a social community or education, you know, schooling, whatever it is. Um, mm. Yeah, those things start to materialize and have a bit more meaning as you uh, mature and create a bit of wisdom, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Very cool. I want to hear a bit more about your involvement in energy works and you sort of alluded to sort of buying into a business and that sort of thing, but would love to hear, you know, a bit about the business itself and how you got involved. Yeah, sure. So when I came back from the UK, um, I guess Taranaki's, you know, historically been a fairly strong um, energy province, you know, driven by oil and gas. Uh, whilst that's changing now somewhat, um, I worked for one of the big corporate um, oil and gas companies for, for six years and had dealt with Energy Works a lot as a, a supplier to that um, big company that I worked for. So I knew the company fairly well. Um, it sold in 2014 to a private equity firm, but I sort of was using the previous owner as a bit of a mentor at that stage. He knew, I guess, yeah, that I was starting to get a bit 
itchy feet and was kind of keen to get out of the corporate world and um, yeah, pave my own, my, my own course. And mm. he brought the business back in 2017. So it just, you know, it's one of those stories of timing, I guess. It was, um, you know, perfect timing for me because he, you know, he, would, he didn't want to work in the business longer term. He was ready to retire not too far down the track. And um, I guess I became his succession plan. So I managed to come in, um, you know, three months after he brought the business back and then sort of did a 12-month apprenticeship, I guess you'd call it, in terms of mm-hmm. proving my worth. And then, you know, it was literally a handshake deal that if I did prove my worth, there'd be um, an opportunity to buy into the business. And and that materialised over the next couple of years. And um, he's sort of backed out of the business now. So, yeah, I've sort of got full autonomy. Um, not full autonomy, yeah, he's still on um, at a director level and a great um, reference and mentor still for me. But um, generally the day-to-day running and the strategy of the business is, you know, it sits at, at my level and with us, the senior leadership team here. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a nice story. It's worked out well for both of us. And um, ultimately it's a, it remains a locally owned business um, after it was brought back from the private equity firm. And um, yeah, something quite nice about that in a small community to still be you know, locally owned and um, mm-hmm. providing you know, good employment to 150, 160 people. Yeah, no, that's significant. And and like you said, a really nice story of local business and the fact that you guys had a relationship beforehand as well, you know, in that mentoring sense Mm. and to continue that going um, and for it to turn out how it has today is pretty cool story to hear, to be honest. Mm. Um, What's a piece of advice you'd give yourself back then, knowing what you know now? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question as well. I think you hear a lot of people say that there's no silver bullet in life, and I think that's mostly right. But I, I feel like there's there's possibly one, and that's education. Like I mm, think, awesome. If you, you know, if you are well educated, if you're given the opportunity to get a great education and disciplined and executing on taking that learning, then you can lift yourself, you know, very easily in one generation from, I guess, one point in the social ladder to another point. Um, and, you know, I look back now and I feel like I've been afforded that through what my parents encouraged me to do. Um, so I think, you know, trust trust that education has a massive bearing on your life. Take mm-hmm. every opportunity. And that's not just your traditional primary, secondary, tertiary education. It's every day just, you know, be a sponge learning from other people. And um, I think... You know, you've got to think about investing in yourself, no different to investing in a share market or in a business. But I, I think an investment in yourself in the long term will pay great, greater dividends than some of those other traditional transactional investments. So, yeah, I think you know, if I was talking to, to school leavers or early 20-year-olds now, I'd just really, really reinforce how important education is. Mm, yeah, wow, that's good to hear. It's very true. It definitely opens up doors, right? And yeah. gives yeah, gives discipline and things post high school, which is definitely a huge yeah. piece of the puzzle. And creates networks as well. Like you can't yeah. underestimate the value of a network. Like, you know, I went through engineering school and heaps of my classmates are now in similar positions that I am, you know, business leaders around the country and it's it's an amazing network for me to, to call them to them when you need a um, you know, a line resources in some part of the country or share problems or or whatever it's um yeah that that network's very very powerful yeah so so true i'd love to hear what's something that you were proud of achieving last year in 2023 yeah i think um 
I've probably sort of coming to about the five year mark of being managing director and you kind of, I think five years is quite a good window of having plans and targets. So sort of coming to the end of that, there's a lot of both sort of CapEx spend and just systems improvements in the business. And a lot of those systems improvements probably were motivated off going on that OMP, uh, owner manager program. Mm. Um, And so getting towards the end of them has been quite satisfying. They're not overly glamorous projects, you know, a lot of that in-house change, um, IT systems, plant management, Mm. values, culture, you know, important stuff, but don't necessarily get the headlines. Getting through that, um, and I guess it's ultimately trying to set the business up for the next 20 years and being kind of a, you know, contemporary with all the right, yeah, systems and processes. Um, you know, that's been, that's been really good to get to the end of that. And I guess it's now you're looking at that, what's the next five years old and what are the key kind of targets and deliverables that we need to be working towards. We won, um, you know, a a reasonably significant health and safety national award last year um, at the workplace um, uh, health and safety awards, which was pretty cool. And we work in a very high hazard industry, like like many companies around a lot of um, high pressure, high, highly explosive materials that we are exposed to every day. So there's a lot of focus on um, process controls and hazard mitigation. Um, So to get some recognition of that was pretty cool. Um, And probably at a personal level, I I jumped into um, the coast to coast event last year, this time last year and managed to get from one side of the South Island to the other in one piece, which was a lot of training went into that. So to to get that done was a pretty cool um, personal target achieved yeah Yeah. absolutely that's huge coast to coast and like you said a lot of training goes in behind the scenes there too yeah yeah cool to hear no that's really cool thanks for sharing that uh and yeah great to reflect right on on a year because sometimes those wins can be celebrated and then quickly sort of um forgotten so cool to be able to reflect on yeah yeah you're right you don't actually look back that often you sort of just onto the next thing but, um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, with that too, you know, resonating with other SMEs listening, their last year, the last couple of years have been challenging at times. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been a challenge within the business for you guys and how did you overcome that challenge? Yeah, I guess that stuff that everyone's been through in the last couple of years, that's pretty obvious. It's probably not worth talking about that too much. I think yeah. our big challenge and it's still happening now is, you know, this transition the decarbonisation journey, we're a business that's historically, um, you know, been pretty wedded to the oil and gas industry. Yeah. That's, you know, that's obviously going to curtail and sunset at some stage in the next 10 or 20 or 30 years, who knows. But so, you know, we need to do more, um, I guess, business development outside of the region, creating new networks and client relationships and and having a, um, a d- delivery proposition that's, you know, cost competitive competitive outside of Taranaki, um, but sort of trying to still stick in that heavy industry space. So, um, yeah, over the last couple of years, we've made a concerted effort to to get in front of other big industry, heavy industry players in, in the country and I guess pitch our um, delivery model. And, and it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's slowly working. You've got to work um, hard to get in front of some of those companies and get contracts in place. But um, that delivery model of having mostly Taranaki work to you know, at the moment, the majority is outside of the region. It 
there's a lot of HR issues that come with that when you've got a workforce that's been used to going home every night that you know, potentially might have to spend the week on the road um, every other week is, is a step change. So that's probably the biggest challenge that we're going through at the moment um, after you know, not having to do that much work out of the region in the last 20, 25 years. Mm, totally. And it's looking at that long-term approach eh, to where the industry is going to head. Yeah, that's right. Just next year. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we, we, you should keep your eyes open to how you need to pivot and diversify, but ultimately we still want to stay in the high quality control end of plumbing, for lack of a better word. Um, yeah. And, you know, very niche areas of that. So that's still there. It's just, you need to be a bit more nimble and, um, and mm. keep keep that network wider. Yeah, for sure. Cool that you guys understand your niche and, you know, have drilled down into what it is for you guys and what you offer and, and that sort of thing too. Um, yeah, I think that's really great to hear. I uh, would love to hear, uh, changing gears a little bit, to hear about how you connected with the Ice House. How did that all come about? Yeah, so it was um, when when I came into the business of the owner had he'd been on the OMP previously so it was um pretty straightforward I guess he had a good experience on it and suggested that I go on it um right so yeah I obviously said yes to that and and uh what what happened happened it was all yeah it's all pretty straightforward there's nothing um too complex so yeah I think yeah. he'd um yeah he'd, he'd seen the value in it and and certainly I you jumped on can vouch for that as well I had a you know, really good crew and um you know learned a lot I think, you know, looking to one of those other questions, yeah, I think whilst you all come from different business backgrounds, it's you take away the technical aspect of what you're building or selling or or whatever, everyone's kind of still facing the same challenges in terms mm. of recruitment of staff and trying to build a better culture and, and you know, how to communicate better and all that sort of stuff. So it is yeah, that was one thing I probably took away was forget about what the actual specifics of, of what you're buying or selling. It's all business owners generally can, um, yeah, confide in each other over a lot of similar, uh, similarities. Mm, yeah, it, it blows my mind, like being in the role, the fourth year in the role now, seeing so many business owners um, from different industries coming together, but yet taking so much of the same from it and implementing it into their business. You know, there's mm. so many of the similar challenges or opportunities across every industry um, for business owners to talk, talk about, bounce ideas around, discuss the highs and lows. So yeah, that's very cool to hear. Mm. Did anything surprise you about the program? Because yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, especially if you haven't seeked out the program yourself and it's, you know, we see this a lot. It's something that another owner's done or or you're putting a leader on it. Was there anything that surprised you? Um, um, no, I guess. I'd probably just what we've spoken about was when I went in, I, I didn't expect there to be such similarity of conversation around some of those key things. But yeah. you know, I was relatively young in my business ownership journey. So um, I think I went in fairly open-minded without, you know, taking any preconceived ideas in there. So, uh, you know, and as you should, I guess, as a bit of advice to anyone else who's going or looking to go on the course, you, you definitely want to go in, um, you know, keeping an open mind and being mm -hmm. being free to share information. I mean, that, you know, some people were, were very free with the information and, you know, it was, it was um, a pretty strong welcoming point when you got there on the first morning in our case and, you know, some people telling their stories were um, 
you know, were, broke down in tears because their journey had been so, you know, just so much involved in it. And you could see the passion and, and what it had it meant to them to get their business to where it was today. So mm. that was, you know, when you, you meet that on day one, um, you quickly realise that you're amongst some pretty impressive people and you should sit down and listen up, but be prepared mm. to tell your story as well because that's, um, there's a lot of mo- motivation in hearing those stories. Absolutely. That vulnerability, eh, from day one. Yeah. 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 I haven't been in many rooms where I've seen, you know, that before, just how open um, business owners can be together because they just, they're in a room of others that get it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it can be a lonely journey, um, you know, if you don't have other shareholders that you can bounce off within the same building. you know, you take a hell of a lot home with you every day and, and, you know, a lot sitting on your shoulders, a lot of responsibility for the employment of, you know, a lot of people at times. So mm. I think talking about it with people who understand is it's good therapy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I want to ask as well, how have you found putting leaders on on programs, on our leadership development program? You know, you mentioned singing the same tune and, and that sort of thing. Has that helped when it comes to making changes within the business? Yeah, I think it has. Um, you know, if you're singing from the same same hymn sheet, it's, mm. you know, that messaging can get across a hell of a lot easier. You know, one of the big takeaways from me is, or it was actually communication. Yeah, it's a word that's thrown around, around so free and easily, but it really, I came away from the course having a deeper understanding of the importance of communication. You really, whether that's internal or external, yeah. you can't do anything without communicating what you need to be done. So, you know, it's one of the changes, I guess, in the business we've made is just being very structured around how we communicate and what are the outcomes you want from that piece of communication? Is it best to be done face-to-face or through pictures or through a drawing? You know, there's different mm-hmm. forms of communication. And, um, you know, that's really where everything starts. If you can't communicate, then you're not going to get anything done. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, now that the majority of our um, management team have been through the course or part, you know, either the LDP or the ELP, mm-hmm. they called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at least everyone's had a snippet of kind of where I'm coming from. So, um they can understand the science behind it, I guess you can yeah. say, and everyone's yeah, a lot more um, willing to understand and follow that kind of direction that I'm wanting to lead the company in. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's so helpful. Eh? It's really practical. Mm. Um, and to be able to have people just support the same vision and, and get behind the same language and, and techniques, it's really cool to hear. I yeah. want to throw in an extra question for you because it's sort of sparked just from curiosity from chatting. You know, you've got a lot going on as a as a business owner during during your day. Do you have any methods to switch off before coming home to four kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess the phone call from Michelle is the start of the switch off period. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so where am I going? Who am I picking up? Where are they getting dropped <laughs> off? Um, I yeah, I mean, I've definitely got better at not picking up my phone, opening my laptop up after dinner. I try really hard not to do any work from home now. Um, But really, yeah, it's, I think having a busy house with four kids kind of helps you. You sort of forced to to Mm, shut off. You always, there's something else going on as soon as you get home. But, you know, for me, having, sticking to those, you know, the exercise, nutrition, sleep sort of pillars, um, you know, the exercise is probably the key one. If I don't do that, then I really start to Mm. spiral downhill pretty quickly so um you know it's a great way to 
to switch off, you know, I guess getting into that sort of adventure racing and um, off-road running. You, you know, we're blessed with some beautiful natural environment down here that you get up on the mountain for a run or out on the river for a kayak. Um, that's, awesome. that's that's the best way to switch off for me. Yeah, being in nature, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, now being able to, I guess the kids are sort of at an age where you can start to share some of those adventures as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's special. No, that's cool to hear. Nice. Um, want to finish with this question. What's a personal and professional goal that you're currently working towards in the future? Um, yeah, I think professionally it's kind of the start of that next five year period and, and I haven't done this yet, but it's really what are the, you know, what are the big investments that we need to make in the business, um, mm. structurally and where do we want to be going? Um, yeah, you know, in terms of revenue streams, so that's that's probably the big professional one. Um, yeah. And then personally, yeah, I've got a couple other events coming up that I'm sort of throwing around. Whether I have a crack at, I think, yeah, maybe oh. I might might curse myself if I say it on here, but sort of tempting <laughs> whether I have a crack of doing the coast to coast in one day instead of two days. Um, oh. If I can <laughs> get my get a ticket to that through the ballot. Wow. Um. And then, yeah, probably, you know, at, at a uh, personal level, it's just getting getting the kids stuck in some really good, healthy adventure stuff. Um, cool. You know, just, I guess, very different world they're growing up in. So I want to make sure that um, they, yeah, they use technology and devices for what they're there to be used for from a beneficial point of view, but making sure they have, you know, plenty of active passions away from yeah. the screen as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you're trying to make sure we invest enough time in them. Mm, oh, no, that's so cool to hear. So balanced. And I think a lot of listeners would love to, you know, just hearing the realities of being a business owner, but also a dad and, you know, all those things as well. I think it's um, a great conversation to have. And, yeah, appreciate you sharing those personal and professional goals and all the best for those in this year ahead. Uh, and thanks heaps for sharing your story on the Ice House podcast. It's been great to get to know you more, Jeff. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Brian.